Welcome back to After Hours at Blondie's. We have a very, very beautiful special guest today in the hot seat. I'm so excited for you guys to be introduced to her and fall in love with her and her music just as we have. How are you yeah, doing? Great. Hi, nice to see you. Yeah, we we'll probably say her name. It's Minxie. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Well, the title, but also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Minxie here. Welcome to the yeah. pod. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yes. So I guess just to dive right in, take me back. Take me all the way back because you're obviously established, beautiful, vocalist, DJ, producer, everything now. Take me all the way back to your first memory that you fell in love with music. Yeah, so I was lucky to really grow up with a lot of music in my life, but the thing that really jump-started music at all for me was my dad took me to see Phantom of the Opera live. <gasps> love. I actually saw that too. <laughs> Obsessed. Maybe yeah. you were there. I think I was like yeah. five or six. I was young, yeah. pretty yeah. young, I was pretty young too, yeah. you know, and uh, I just kept singing Christine's operatic riffs. Yeah. Nonstop. Oh and then goodness. eventually my dad put me in vocal lessons. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely the moment. Uh, I also like did a lot of theater growing up because of that. So that was definitely the first musical that really stuck out in my mind. Captured your heart mm -hmm. forever. That one. Honestly, Phantom of the Opera is just iconic and it will be forever. Yeah. And that's yeah. amazing. I have the collectible Barbies. Nice. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. If you remove the mask, it's, he, Ken has the scars too. Oh, oh my cool. gosh. So authentic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's amazing. So going on from there, you said you got into theater school, vocalist school, and kind of started your journey along that line. How was yeah. that? Yeah. So growing up, I was kind of always in some kind of lessons. Mm -hmm. So I did private vocal lessons uh, in classical to start, which led me to singing competitions, eventually auditioning for musicals and theater. I did the children's chorus with Vancouver Opera until oh, I aged cool. out. So I did that for a few years and theater for a few years and ballet, dance, all of that. All the things. <laughs> yeah. Every single creative in the theater. Did you like the performing aspect? Did you like the, the learning aspect of it? The community? What did you yeah. enjoy about that? I think I love performing. Mm -hmm. And I think when there's a crowd of people to interact with, that is my favorite. It doesn't really matter too much what that form is. Mm -hmm. I think there's just something magical. Like I cry on my way to every single booking and show that I do I always have high anxiety but then as soon as like that first track is playing or I start it's like yeah. I'm just with the audience and like everything that I'm feeling is just going to go into that and mm -hmm. I think it's just because like I put a lot of pressure on myself because mm -hmm. I want to always do the best performance no matter what it is for the people that show up absolutely now, what would you say would be the first memory that you have of like okay this is what I want to do for a living you know because like obviously when you're young you fall in love with it and you have these like oh I want to be a policeman I want to be a singer I want to blah 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 but like when it just clicked and you're like you know what this is this is the thing that I'm going to do for like my career my passion and career for, for example you know yeah I think so I didn't love high school 
I particularly hated this program or this class in grade 12. I think it was called planning 12. Yeah. And part of Career the personal planning. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Part of it was you had to fill out three applications mm -hmm. for university. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, this is so stupid. Mm -hmm. I don't know which direction I want to go in. I want to do all of these things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just had other issues with school, but like I, I dropped out and I was like, I'm just going to save money and work. And eventually I got a ticket to Australia where um, I had some friends who are doing like the work and holiday visa for a few years. Mm -hmm. They had a house down there and I just was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to just visit and travel and, and see you. And my friend Kai had been traveling the world for a few years before this and had this iPod, you know, one of the ones that you can actually plug into a computer and load up. Mm -hmm. And everywhere he traveled in the world, people loaded up this iPod. Oh. So when I decided to extend my trip and backpack all over Australia, he loaded up my iPod with all of this music, like mm -hmm. just all of this stuff. And I just listened to it. And I discovered like high contrast, Nero, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. dubstep, drum and yeah. bass, just all of these different sounds. And I fell in love particularly with the tracks that had these driving bass lines and beautiful female vocals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always loved writing as well. <laughs> I always was, I have notebooks and notebooks. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I write. Oh my gosh, I sing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love these. I, and I was like, I want to make, I want to do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it wasn't necessarily, I want to DJ. It's like, I want to make music mm -hmm. like this. I want to write my own music. I don't yeah. want to be mm -hmm. auditioning for characters anymore yeah. and not fitting these or and singing. Like playing yeah. a part. You want to be yourself and authentic kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I think that was kind of when it was. Somewhere on a Greyhound bus yeah. in Australia. Roughly what timeline <laughs> yeah. was that? Like what year? Hmm, 2014-ish? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 2012-14-ish? I can't remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The heyday of the bass, the bass music days. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. So, Definitely. yeah, that, that was a golden age. I mean, 2014 not, but 2013 and the couple years before that was just like golden age in production, mm -hmm. especially yeah. with like dubstep and the bass music, like mm. you were mentioning before with, with uh, Nero and all those guys. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, I, I would... If I had to go back to any time period, it would be 2013. Just take me back there. Bing. I will do that right. one more Bing time. Magic if I can, I can hit the redo on that button, <laughs> yeah. that would be the year for sure. That would be it. Yeah. 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 I remember so much about that time period too of just like big, like orchestrated, every, big room, feel good. You're just in the moment in the club and you hear those songs and you relate to them so, so much. Yeah. It was such a connection point. Especially you know? Nero. Like mm -hmm. Alana Watson mm -hmm. is performing and singing live. I was yeah. like, that's what I want to do. That's yeah, right, I want right. to be singing my stuff. Yeah, with these big bass lines. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. This. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so fast I mean, years how, later. how could you not identify? <laughs> no. yeah. Right. If like, you didn't, I'd be like... worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but you did eventually get there, and we'll get there too. But that's really interesting. Okay, so 2014, you're kind of plodding along. You kind of start your Instagram 2016-ish. Is that roundabouts when you started to? Come back to Canada, think about DJing or what was that scenario like for you? Uh, so I actually came back and I continued just working, saving up money. And then I decided to get Ableton and a little push, mm -hmm. realize like 
I don't know what I'm doing at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. This is so confusing. Like, why don't they, why don't people like this? Or like, why yeah. does the audio not sound good? I really yeah. wanted to understand. Yeah. And it was very, it was a lot of information. So I discovered a school and I decided to get my diploma in audio engineering production and urban Ooh. beat production. Mm-hmm. And that helped a lot really gave me a lot of technical skills. I would say this was kind of in this era in between the old school studio days where you have an SSL console. So I Mm -hmm. learned how to record to tape and do all of these things in the studio. Meanwhile, like it was becoming more and more electronic. So it was Mm -hmm. in this weird period of like transition. We learned both and we learned both at the same time. Yeah. And it was there, it was then. So we had to do a certain amount of EP, an EP like every semester. And Mm -hmm. for my final one, I I needed like a name and, Mm -hmm. um, I came up with Minxie Mm -hmm. because we had very strict (laughs) deadlines at this school and I was trying to burn a CD and it was taking so long and it was like 1201 and I heard like the teacher close the door like of the office and I was like stress please like please (laughs) it's almost done and then this guy looks at me and he's just like you fucking minx and like how did you get your project in and I was like that's an interesting word. So then I kind of just played with different spellings and I just felt like Mm -hmm. it just really suited kind of like the sultry and just the feminine kind of vibes. Yeah. Uh, So that's just kind of how it started. So it started in school. I think I graduated in the beginning of 2015 Mm -hmm. and then I still wasn't DJing yet. Mm -hmm. So that came along a little bit differently. So while I was in school, I people knew I loved Adventure Club and Zed's Dead. Those yeah. are still yeah. iconic. I, yeah. Get I, for me. No, I'm in love. Yeah. <laughs> people people knew that. I will still blast it in my car <laughs> if I had a car in my car to this day. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it just it hits yeah. it hits different. It does. <laughs> it does. It takes you back to that time, you know? Yeah. Um, so when I was in school, like people knew I liked this music and mm. people I would meet would be like, can you just like burn me some CDs? I'll pay mm-hmm. you. Here's like 50 bucks. Like burn me a bunch of CDs you think I'd like. I want one chill for the car. I want one on my way to work. So I just started like burning CDs and curating CDs just for like mm-hmm. extra money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the and, chick. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, and then kind of what happened at this school, somebody found out like that I love Zed's Club, Zed's Dad and Adventure Club. Yeah. And was like, have you met like Jimmy? Shout out Jimmy Escobar. Um, yeah. He he does. He's opened for them mm-hmm. at, like at celebrities and oh. blueprints. Like you should meet him. He's in he's a year like he's a semester ahead of you. Yeah. You should meet him. So I, I think I just walk up to him like, hey, you're Jimmy. People said I, I should meet you. And yeah. they said you've opened for like all these artists that I love. And he's like, yeah, you should come out some night. And like yeah. meet, meet like you know the crew and like mm-hmm. so I met the faded crew before mm-hmm. faded was faded in the park it was yep. just oh my gosh was it like a Thursday I think it was Thursdays or faded Wednesdays, Wednesdays there was, it was yeah. Wednesdays. faded Wednesdays yeah. yeah so I started going I started meeting people and uh, people yeah. who I still know to this day and yeah. are, I'm still friends well, they're with. all working. You know, if they're still yeah. in the city, then they're still working in Faded, Celebrities, Blueprint. You know, they've kind of moved along within the company, but, like, everybody's still around. It's such a totally crew. Yeah, so that was a fun era of time. Yeah. I was definitely hungover every Friday, but, like, but <laughs> it was so fun. And yeah. the, the shows that were being brought were epic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just started, like, 
promoting and selling tickets and mm-hmm. just being part of the crew. And we know we go to meetings and, yeah. you know, eat pizza under mm-hmm. in the underground, which is now the village, but you know, we'd all hang yeah. out all the time. Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, Back then, it was physical tickets. You go around yeah. delivering. It's not that long ago. Come on. Oh, it was. <laughs> oh, my God. It feels okay. like years ago. You can still get physical. They still have some of the promoters still do physical well, tickets. back in the day, the, if you were a promoter for Blueprint, you were so cool, I thought. Because <laughs> I would always call up and get oh my, my tickets. And then somebody would come and meet me on the corner. Yeah. And, oh, you know, this amazing show is going to happen. Here's some tickets and stuff. So mm-hmm. it was an exciting thing to be a part of, you know, Blueprint back in the day. In yeah. Era. Yeah. So that was kind of like how I kind of started, mm-hmm. I guess it was part of the journey. And then mm-hmm. one day, um, like what was Maggie's part at this time? Maggie has moved up so much in Blueprint. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what her specific role was at this time, probably mm-hmm. on the way to Talent Buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But one day she messaged me and was like, hey, can you DJ? And I was like, well, like I can run an SSL console and like record the tape and <laughs> run Ableton and do I've my own vocals. Musical theater school, vocalist school. I can do. Yeah, school. I know how to. I'm officially a whatever. Know how to use Pro Tools, all these things. Yeah. So I was like Ableton. I got you. I was like, well, I'm already like curating these like mixtapes. Yeah. yeah. So I was like. I don't see like why I couldn't. Right. So my friend Neil Barley, shout oh, out Neil Barley. Yeah. Neil, yeah. Um, had me over one day mm-hmm. and taught me how to DJ on his little mixer. And it was all music I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun. And that was yeah. kind of my first rundown. And then shortly after I got my own little DDJ, DDJ or yeah, the yeah. SX and mm-hmm. just started kind of playing around and like making mixes. Yeah. And then uh, one day Maggie's like, hey, I'm going to be throwing an all female DJ contest. <gasps> Ooh. Femme Fatale. Mm-hmm. Who remembers Femme Fatale? Yeah. yeah. So Femme Fatale that. was started out as a contest. So mm-hmm. we all made mixes, mm-hmm. submitted them, and then to Blueprint. To Blueprint, yeah. Okay. And then I don't think people voted. I think they had a team of people who decided yeah, mm-hmm. who was going to actually compete. At mm-hmm. MIA. <laughs> yeah, Throwback. Yeah. Um, MIA was one of the clubs. I was a little bit more underground. We've talked about it before, yeah, but it was kind of more of like underground music, a little bit more less mainstream. Very yeah. Cool. Not it was literally the underground vibes. Yeah. Not, yeah, not bottle service, that sort of thing. No. Although it had it, but it did actually. Yeah, it did, yeah. But, but anyway. it wasn't primarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So that's where everybody wanted to hang oh out. Oh my gosh. So my mix got in. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Um, so now I'm going to play at MIA. Yeah. Like yeah. I think there were four, maybe six of us. Um, I know, I know that like Alex May mm-hmm. was yeah. there. A would shortly, I think joined Femme Fatale. They joined Femme Fatale after. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, was the initial, con- part of it as I well? think Siv's, had another booking somewhere else, but okay. was going to, was supposed to play. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But eventually, okay. yeah, it became a little crew. I didn't actually win, but I got runner up. Cool. Yeah. Pretty good for just starting. Very nice. Not bad. Alex, yeah. yeah, Alex May got first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the the winner was to be direct support for Toki Monster. Nice. Um, cool. But because I was runner up, I got to be like the first 
the first opener as well. Which was really cool. So then that yeah. was like my first like official, like, oh, this is actually a club. Yeah. Um, and then they it just sort of became a little collective and we would switch yeah. different people out. We went to like Kelowna and Kamloops and was it kind of like a touring situation or it was just kind of like a girls and women empowering women situation? Cause I thought there was a lot of different kind of people associated with it as well. Yeah. It like it was really just kind of a collective of people or a brand that really brought like at the time like femme identifying artists to shows mm-hmm. and it switched out we try different people that's how we just like discovered yeah. Awood and yeah. uh yeah and it was really cool we did do a couple little like shows out of town but it was mostly pretty local mm-hmm. and I think eventually everybody sort of just branched out into their own journeys yeah. as artists. Yeah. Um, it seemed like a really good place for everybody to support each other and get started in their careers. And then obviously you're doing amazing. Ewood's out there killing it the game. Yeah. Silva. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody Silva. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that seemed like a really good launching off point and like community yeah. building endeavor. I think at the know? time too, there wasn't as much as a, as a female or femme presence mm-hmm. in the DJ scene i think vancouver it's grown a lot we have a lot more yeah. now mm-hmm. which is amazing but at the time that was for sure it was definitely it. definitely was unique at that point Absolutely. yeah 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 there are very few female djs what is that six seven years ago mm-hmm. yeah very few for seven, sure 2017 18 yeah yeah whatever it was yeah, yeah. for sure it's way different now mm-hmm. for yeah. sure came, came yeah. quite a bit no that's yeah. great it was great we were yeah. doing yeah. shows like monthly it was really yeah. great yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And then that kind of branched off. Everybody went in their own directions. Speaking of your direction, though, what did you have kind of like a game plan or you were just kind of following the gigs as they kind of went along? Yeah. I th- and making music at the same time, too. Yeah. So at the beginning, I was doing like making a lot of house vocals for house. Um, so it made sense to do a lot of house. And that's when I just started, you know, like pulling up the mic and top lining over the tracks. Yeah. Uh, so it definitely started that way. It's mm-hmm. also a very friendly genre to learn. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. had a lot. I listened to a lot, but I liked everything. Mm-hmm. There was no, it. that just sort of seemed to be the way it went. Femme Fatale also was predominantly, we were doing house, mm-hmm. MIA, house clubs and stuff like that. So yeah, Tech yeah. House was pretty much the standard music at that period of time. Yeah, or G House was yeah, also G-house, big, yeah, all that. House, oh, all that very, stuff, yeah. yeah, we're talking yeah, about Selva. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she yeah, loved it, G That House. was very much like the predominant underground music mm-hmm. of the time, for sure. 100%. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely, like, I'm happy that over the years, like, I kind of got the bass back. Mm-hmm. And um, I yeah. think, but I've never really been somebody that's like, I only want to play this specific genre. Totally like mm. if I hear it and I like it, I'm like, Ooh, this is so cool. Yeah. How can I do something cool and like switch tempos in my set and bring it back? How can I like test this crowd? How are they going to react to this? I have sometimes, I don't know, yeah. but it's just fun. And like, I love a good baseline, good vocals. And I'm like, I don't know if I like yeah. it, I'm going to try and play it or, yeah. or it's, yeah. it's sitting there waiting for the right time that somebody's yeah. like, Hey, I have a show. And I'm like, yes, this is yeah. the song. I've got some you. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's fun. that was the thing is like, you know, when I, when I started playing longer sets, the ADHD in me is like, after one genre, you're like 45 minutes in is like, I'm switching it. 
I don't care what everybody's doing right now through this genre. I'm going to switch it and we'll see how it goes, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, I usually find like 45 minutes, 40 minutes of, if I'm sticking to that one genre, I'm just like, it's time to switch it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's my, my brain is bored of this. And especially even, even listening to music, if it's like the same tempo, the same energy the whole time, I'm just like, Ooh, even though I love it, yeah. it's time for something else, you know? Yeah, your brain needs a little bit of a rejig, especially like as you're doing I it think, or listening to it. I think especially for... Yeah. If you do have ADHD and you're not on mm-hmm. medication, especially if you're not on medication, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're just, you're just like, Ooh, what's the next thing? Right. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, you're like, I gotta get that stim somehow else or else, yeah. you know, you start to not. get bored of yourself even, you know, so. <laughs> I think I'm out of here. Splash drink on my face. Am I good? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think like with ADHD as well, like I've hyper-focused on so many different genres. Like, yeah. I love mm. R&B. I love baseline. I yeah. love... I still love so much house. There's so much progressive house, melodic house. Absolutely, yeah. Liquid. We went to Paradise Blue and we went yeah. to Excisions Fest and we're yeah, headbanging for three days. Yeah, like, yeah. I love that too. Like, yeah. my yeah. sudden my sudden death closing set was, like, so much pressure, yeah. but, like, one of the most... The hardest I've ever played in my entire life. Like, yeah. and, it's, yeah. and it's so and fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that challenge especially as a dj and like i do have diagnosed adhd mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. um it makes like i love those challenges yeah i'm like oh okay i don't know that isn't something or an artist i'd usually play but like how how can i yeah. make this work or mm-hmm. cool now i get to hyper focus and learn an entire new genre and mm-hmm. play it yeah. yeah bring all the things that you love into this very new genre and kind of mesh and meld them into you know, this little package that you get to deliver to the audience. Like, that's cool, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Are you comfortable talking about your ADHD? Yeah, we definitely can. I know um, I brought it up at the beginning of the year, Mm -hmm. very kind of quickly on my stories, um, right as I kind of freshly got an official diagnosis By and doctor. yeah interesting. yeah so when I was feel? in school I I did do testing because mm-hmm. I really struggled with certain subjects like math was mm-hmm. so hard it took me so long to do my projects like I'd be up till midnight or later and everyone else would finish it in class like I just it was weird but I was still mm-hmm. not wasn't stupid mm-hmm. no I had my French 12 in grade you know, yeah. in grade mm-hmm. nine, but I still probably only have my math nine, to be honest. Yeah. Like, so they yeah. were all over the place and like, they never really gave me a proper diagnosis. They did prescribe me Ritalin, mm-hmm. which I did not like. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I had, I just, it just zo- like mm-hmm. zombie soul. Yeah. yeah. I just was like, this feels weird. It didn't fit. It didn't work. No. So I was like, no, I'm not gonna continue that. Like, Mm-hmm. It was a lot. So I just kind of solution was just like, okay, she gets a little extra time on tests, but mm-hmm. like it, the whole way your brain works differently mm-hmm. at the time, uh, women were not diagnosed as often as men. They very much were like, this is something men have. Mm-hmm. They're going to yeah. be jumping around the room. They always, yeah. they always t- tied it into the hyperactivity. That's mm-hmm. that, that Cause all they thought of was ADHD was just hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. They didn't really, I mean, the awareness of, the awareness of the condition nowadays over the last five years, especially has been, it's grown so it's much magnitudes yeah. of, 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 of improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, you know, when you talk about the things that you were talking about, not to interrupt at all, but like you're, <laughs> I, I, it was almost as if you were talking about me in school. Mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding. Like the thing you're saying, like I, I needed to stay up late and extra time and I was great in this and not great in that. It was like, 
could be talking about me right now. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? And it's like, you know, yeah. and, and I was, I was diagnosed a as a kid life. when I was like, you know, maybe seven or six or seven, eight years old. They just decided that I'd quote unquote grown out of it. You know what I mean? Mm. And then I thought I grew out of it. So I, I guess I'm just stupid. You know what I mean? Like It's hard. It's yeah. like so hard. And then, and then like, you know, when I look at all the research that I've done over the last five years and looking into all the layers of the condition that you don't normally see in mainstream, you know, uh, 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 media or content or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, my entire life has mm. been completely run by this condition. Mm-hmm. And it's just me butting my head up against a wall thinking that I was stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, I was getting honor student in all the social sciences, 98 to 99% and everything, but math and physics, 50%. Like, And they keep yeah. saying like genius yeah. is based off of those things. So therefore I must be dumb. I must be dumb. I yeah. So, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. So like when you hear and you hear that, it's just like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly what I, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people can re- relate as well, especially in the creative field too, because you need that hyperfixation almost to get those things done and to create those things and have those mm-hmm. things come out. But the then the it's, social... a, it's like that overpassionate about the things that interest you. You know, Very. it's like you get so deep and you dive so hard into it. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, like, but like these other things, like, math or whatever it's like mm-hmm. or Taking like doing the laundry yeah couldn't give two friggin craps about right and it's yeah. just like and it's just yeah. like you know like you get so good at all these things that you love yeah and you get you but you also at the same time you get imposter syndrome and you know like oh i have to do all this other stuff or else i'm never gonna be successful and it's like marketing and accounting social media yeah all all the things you don't care about but like are necessary if you wanted to do your passion as a career Mm -hmm. and it's like oh but i just want to do the thing yeah Yeah. and that was a big thing i noticed about my brain Mm -hmm. even before diagnosis because as Mm -hmm. soon as i dropped out of high school and i went to i did some adult classes that Mm -hmm. were self-paced you could go in anytime between a certain time frame. Mm-hmm. Could work with the teacher. You could just not go and work from home. But I would just go in on my own time, on my own sleep schedule. Yeah. And I was getting like A minuses, high Bs. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Teaching myself. Yeah. All of a sudden it's working yeah. because you are working mm-hmm. with your brain. Totally. And then the next year they put me in a split, like 30 person math class, my worst mm-hmm. subject. And I think I went to two one class and or two and I just was like, no, I'm I'm yeah. done. Yeah. So Fair it's enough. It is interesting. It does when I think it really helps to know your diagnosis, whether you choose medication or not, Mm -hmm. because like what you said, Mason, you are so hard on yourself. Especially if you don't know that this is a thing that's actually affecting you. You you, you think that your brain works like everybody else's. So you compare your brain to everybody else's like, why is it so easy for them? It's so hard for us, for me or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm it shouldn't be this hard. Like the fact that it's this hard obviously means I have a learning disability and I'm inadequate and all these stupid things you say about yourself. Quit before you, know. you even start kind of thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's just like, but it, once you, un, once you get the diagnosis and know what that actually means, cause it's so, it's so easy to say you have ADHD. Great. What does that mean? Well, it's not <laughs> two or three things. There's like a thousand different conditions you've never even thought of that have to do with ADHD. Like mm. or the fact that, like, symptoms that you've had all along. Like that something, something silly. Now. Like, you know, for me, I get really irritated if I hear two sources of music at the same time, 
I thought everybody got irritated when they hear two sources of music at the same time. Or if it's like there's a lot of noise and you're trying to like pick point one out, like you could probably still do it, but it's like somewhat uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's actually an ADHD symptom. I had no clue. That's I just thought everybody felt that way. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, and it's that like, you know, or, or, or like, you know, when I get like super hot about things like, like, you know, I thought it was just anger management issues. It's like, no, that is an ADHD thing as well. Rejection, yeah. sensitivity, dysphoria, these kind of things. Like it's all these things are like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah. And you just go down this rabbit hole. You're like, yep, that was me. That was me. That was me. That was me. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I am ADHD. I'm not stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. You just have a different brain. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were going to ask something about what were things I noticed? Yeah, yeah so yeah. what, what were, were the, the kind of those things that you were really, that you identified with, those symptoms that you could really explain and then be like able to put a solution back to. on the journey? Yeah. Um, well, definitely dyscalculia, mm-hmm. I believe is the word that That's is struggles funny. with math. Okay. Mm-hmm. So struggling with math mm-hmm. was a big one. Um, I definitely struggled with reading, not that I couldn't read but that I would start thinking about other things and have to reread the chapter so many times studying for tests yeah to the point of like I know everything Mm -hmm. and then immediately the next day when I do those tests I have I can I have that memory is not retained yeah Yeah. those things are not retained Mm -hmm. um which is you know really hard Mm -hmm. on you on and I know brought issues into home life because you know you're like why like what's going on like mm-hmm. we studied all the and you're like I, I don't know yeah I don't your parents know are looking for an answer and they're demanding it from you but you don't even know you don't point. know you can't explain you're no. like I, I don't know I just yeah. don't know that I don't know as soon as I'm there I don't know so that was a big one definitely um I didn't realize like all these like racing thoughts and a lot of the depression and Mm. even suicidal thoughts that I encountered Mm -hmm. were very related. Mm -hmm. So now, for example, I still get sad. Mm -hmm. I still have feelings. I still get anxious. Mm -hmm. But there is usually a reason now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm on my way to a show or like my USB crashed or something, you know, something happened, something crazy, you know, real emotion. Like I I usually know. Or there's just a lot of things and I know, okay, there's a lot of things. Yeah. When I'm not on medication or even if I miss a day of medication, mm-hmm. after a 24-hour point, I will notice this like impending doom where I'm like, I don't want to be alive. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I don't want to be alive, but I just, it's, yeah. it's there's weird. Just there's thing. no reason Yeah, for no it. motivation so to live. Like I don't even want to get out of bed. I don't yeah. even want to talk to, I don't want to even eat. No. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather just suffocate myself in this pillow <laughs> yeah and <laughs> yeah I think I just kind of dealt with it and just mm-hmm. was like this is just how I am mm-hmm. is was it kind of like cyclical kind of thing like those emotions would come and go and then once you got on the medication like do you feel yourself kind of like even out and it's kind of like an even keel or it definitely has like I think yeah. anyone who's ever been my friend before this year even mm-hmm. probably knows my mouth gets me in trouble all the time I mm-hmm. always would be speaking my opinion I don't agree with the rules I'm gonna tell you I don't like what you're doing I'm gonna tell you mm-hmm. I think someone you're working with is an asshole I'm gonna tell you and I'm very don't really think I'm just this is how I think mm-hmm. why would I mask what I'm thinking mm-hmm. um so I've always been like that for sure and mm-hmm. definitely 
definitely emotionally dysregulated Mm -hmm. and struggle. Like I've cut so many people off. Maybe a lot of them did deserve it. Maybe some of them didn't. And it was just the fact that my brain Mm -hmm. was like, this is like life or death right now. And like, and just the chaos, that impulsivity of making decisions in the moment. Mm -hmm. I think also it's affected a lot of friendships, Mm -hmm. not because I don't love the people, Mm -hmm. but because I straight up, probably forgot they existed mm-hmm. yeah. and that sounds really really bad it's a very, very common thing absolutely it's a very I, out of sight out of mind you know i had a boyfriend one time just to go on a little tangent um and i literally said to him i'm like it's not that i don't text you back it's i literally forgot you existed i'm so sorry how are you doing yeah. <laughs> or not a boyfriend per se that sounds very dramatic but a guy i was dating <laughs> yeah. yeah and he just didn't understand it's like the rock in front of you if you can't see the rock it doesn't exist you know that's yeah. a very and that's a very adhd related symptom it for sure. totally yeah. and yeah. i think because you're you kind of really form to the people that you're around as well mm-hmm. so you make a new friend like you become so close with them so fast and all of these friendships are genuine i genuinely loved all of these people but mm-hmm. i can definitely see now that i've like been medicated where i got medicated in january so mm-hmm. we're getting close to a year now i can look back and and see like i can see why that person doesn't want to be my friend because they feel like i we got super super close and then you and then i just sit. didn't text back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or happens. you just yeah. things happen or I'm just so caught up in my own head and depression or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it becomes harder. Mm-hmm. Like I still have that now. There's definitely people where I'm like, oh, no, like, how do I yeah. just text back a month later and be like, I've been thinking about texting you back every single a day. Mo- a month later, you more know? like a year yeah. later. Yeah. 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 But like it's yeah, still it's, it's wow. like a threshold. I think medication as well. Like I still very much have to work on my skills totally daily Mm -hmm. but it definitely it's It's a new tool it gives you a tool that helps Mm. you know it's like instead of like building the the thing without any tools but or building the thing with the right tools but still have to build it yeah still have to do the work it's like a compressor right so like it made you know before anything above this thing whether it's grocery shopping or going to an appointment it's going to overwhelm me make me have a crazy breakdown Mm -hmm. now it's like okay i can handle all of these things here but i'm still a human okay cool like yeah. yeah. And I'm a lot bad on TV. I'm crying. You know what I mean? You can still you deal with it or, you know, yeah. things happen, but it's definitely, it definitely for me has been really great. Mm-hmm. I don't think, yeah, everybody has different opinions on medication. Mm-hmm. I think I definitely needed it. And I think a big reason why I kind of posted that story in the beginning, I was so yeah. excited, you know, ADHD, we talk yeah. about it in social media all the time. Yeah. I was really excited, but then realizing that so many issues in my life like relationships jobs friends like friendships just even trying to finish my own projects like showering going to the grocery store driving like all of these things Mm -hmm. could have been starting to like heal progress if I decided to do medication sooner Mm -hmm. so I think it was a very emotional Thing and very hard to just bring up on a 60 second Instagram story, story or a post yeah. because yeah. this is something that has affected my entire life yeah. and you know even with food mm-hmm. I did not realize that I binged ate for dopamine 
Mm. I still love sweets and sugar. We know that. Yeah. But now, like, I can have, like, one or two, like, a donut, and I'm good. Whereas yeah, you don't before, need, like, four or six or whatever. Yeah. I don't need to have, like, a dozen Krispy yeah. Kreme in one night. Mm. Like, I would do that. Yeah. Like, I was just, but I didn't think that. I just thought, oh, yeah. my gosh, I just am known for having this big appetite, yeah. not realizing, I actually, love sugar, the I'm just sugar craving girl. dopamine and trying yeah. to chase after it. Yeah. I am binge, yeah. I'm binge eating. Yeah. I did mm. not realize that. So then yeah. all of a sudden, my relationship with food was changing, mm. and I'm not eating for dopamine anymore and that's weird when you thought that that was genuinely a part of your personality Mm -hmm. that's totally changing it's it's weird your whole entire (laughs) life is almost like carpentalized into different things and then looking back with the lens of the adhd diagnosis you're like i can see i can see that so much more clear now and Mm -hmm. it kind of all makes sense and then you kind of have to reevaluate how you want to move forward with that yeah you know I think yeah. it it definitely teaches boundaries now that you hope people will respect. Yeah. Like I know if mm-hmm. I start to feel like I'm going to be overwhelmed, like yeah. I will try and tell people or mm-hmm. yeah. or it's not an excuse, but it's but you start to learn those symptoms and those things that you're feeling hopefully before you do lash out at somebody. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. communicate because you, <laughs> yeah. you can now put like like you can explain the feeling and the reason and then people who don't have experience with that condition can then understand why you might be having some sort of issue or feeling or whatever about a situation before you couldn't express it. You're just like, I just, I don't know. This you know, is how I like, feel yeah, and you need you to get it say, up and out. Yeah. Now thing. you can say, well, this is something that I deal with because of this, this, and this, and you know, I just need this, this, and this in order to get back to where I need to be. It's, mm-hmm. you can just say that and people, you know, even if they can't relate, they can at least understand. And it's just, you know, the amount that you're able to communicate once you have the education on your own self and why you are experiencing these things, it just makes a huge difference in how you communicate with people and, and, you know, how they can, um, I don't want to say deal, but how they can, Approach you know, you well, uh, too, yeah, I just think. understand what you're yeah. going through. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, people with, who don't have that condition you know, might not understand, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. especially yeah. like I, I can think of like, you know, I don't have a regular job anymore, but when I did, like, I didn't know I had ADHD and it's just like, you know, my last boss was so great. He's like unbelievable, like probably the best human being, you know, you could possibly have as like a mentor, as a boss, as like a leader. And he gave me so many chances to like try to excel at this job. And like, you know, I just, you know, when we're in meetings, we're discussing ideas and problem solving. And it's like, I come up with all these you know, intelligent solutions, yada, yada, yada. But then we go back to my desk and try to do the mundane stuff I'm supposed to do and just I'll get just, to it when I get to it. Yeah, you know what I mean? It doesn't like, quite stick you know, the way like, that you know, uh, somebody who doesn't yeah, have ADHD like, could show implement at, those I show, right away. Yeah, I show up my job yeah. at nine o'clock and I've got like stuff to do between nine and five o'clock, but I won't touch it until 1130 because I just literally, my brain will not want to even open the email. Yeah. You know, so yeah. but then from between 1130 and like, whatever two o'clock i crush four hours worth of work and then mm-hmm. if there's anything that comes up after 2 30 can't Forget be bothered about it. yeah you know I mean? like it's yeah. just like but, but that's not how it works the job yeah. requires you to be on at this point and at this and point consistently you know? working through the day which is yeah. just not it's something just, ADHD how can people, i explain it i don't yeah. know can't explain it it's it's hard and yeah. i i had yeah. weird experience with a lot of like normal jobs yeah. as well like yeah. i start out i'm so hyper focused yeah. i'm like they're like wow this girl's gonna be like selling yeah she and then eventually 
you start to get bored and you're not challenged anymore. And then you start to be the one that's, you know, you're even more late and you're just distracted or like they become worried about you. You you do get overwhelmed and you have this breakdown and you you don't have a reason for it. And they just Mm -hmm. don't Mm -hmm. see it the same way. Like, and you don't know what's going on now, at least, you know. If that happened, I'd be like, no, my, my was at a capacity and yeah. I had to remove myself from the situation, yeah. mm-hmm. but they just see that as like, you just left a situation or, yeah. you know, you just left the yeah. office, yeah. You yeah. Don't have you an just leave the office or, yeah. you know, you do dopamine yeah. seeking behaviors almost in like self-sabotage way. I've seen that a lot, you know, in some friends where they're working at a job and then they act out because they're seeking that rush and that adrenaline, you know. I've definitely heard yeah. people who do that. You know, it's just very common. I think a lot of people can relate to that who aren't diagnosed with ADHD to kind yeah. of I think that's see a yeah. Signs, yeah, I mean it's know? it's it's a lot of the things that we're talking about people will be like you know, like I didn't know that, that was a thing that had to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and we're we're only touching on like the the tip of the tip of the iceberg, but the common knowledge on what ADHD is is completely different from what it actually is in day to day, you know, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, like the six year old that can't stay still in their seat is what everybody thinks ADHD is when you're six and when you're 60, but yeah. it's not, it has, it's not no, the same, it presents two you know, and, and then yeah. you can, and the thing is, is you can explain hyperactivity is if you think it's ADHD is hyperactivity, then they think that people with a lot of energy have ADHD. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. If you're hyperactive as a child, it's not because you have more energy than the other child. It's because you are constantly looking for stimulation and that manifests in you not being able to sit still mm-hmm. because you're trying to get stimulation. So yeah. I need to get stimulation by being over here. Then I'm going to do it over there and then I'm going to jump up on the table over here and then I'm going to grab this toy over there and then I'm going to pull this girl's hair over here. That's not because and you have an excess energy. It's because you're trying to not you you're know, trying, you're trying to get, you're trying to get so your brain much. to the normal level of total Yeah, yeah. Like, and then as a girl, I feel like we're totally different in the fact that we daydream, we drift off, our racing thoughts. Yeah, you know, the you know all those things. But it's like yeah. self, the amount of self doubt that like you can't compartmentalize. Yeah. I you know? got this tattoo when I was probably eighteen, yeah. Yeah. and it literally says no self doubt. And I'm like, yeah. oh, so I've had imposter syndrome my whole life. Your whole freaking life, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah. And sometimes I'm like, why can't I just listen to it? It's it's on my arm. I think it's, yeah, for me, I was, I was always doodling. I love notebooks. Mm-hmm. I always have notebooks out. And like, yeah, you, you do stim a different way. But mm-hmm. especially, I'm sure this is either any identifying gender, mm-hmm. but you're so easily influenced by other people. Like somebody talks to you all of a sudden, you're going to get in trouble for talking in class. Even if yeah. you didn't want to talk, you just are in, you're so, you, you are react, easily yeah. distracted yeah. and not mm-hmm. there's somebody with a, you know, something new and attention wanting to pass, you know, you're, you're getting in trouble. And, mm-hmm. and like so many times, like people will be like, Oh my gosh, are you even paying attention? You've got drawings yeah. all around your notes. And I'm like, this is how I pay attention attention. I was on a little trip with my brother and I was like hold on I need to take a little business call so I grabbed like the hotel note paper and then he walks by later at the end and he's like why are there hearts all over it and I was like because I needed to pay attention yeah Yeah. Yeah, I need to do something classical so that my brain connects 100 it's it's just a matter of like you know if if you're trying to like just blinders on one thing your brain just is just like but yeah. if you've got the one thing and the other thing, now your brain's like, okay, I've got enough things. Mm-hmm. I can do both of these 
yeah. terribly, but better than not at all. You know what I mean? But like, I totally. Like, both all at the same time. You're, yeah. Even yeah. though you're not necessarily attentive to the thing that you're supposed to be attentive to, yeah. your brain is still always going yeah. mm-hmm. very, very fast, especially if you're not on medication. And, and mm-hmm. like, I've been listening to a lot of different like podcasts and reading and mm-hmm. like YouTubes about it. And I think my favorite quote that I heard recently, I don't remember who it was, but he was like, ADHD people, ADHD people do not fall asleep. Like mm-hmm. they pass out. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. so you have to ignore all the typical bedtime rules. Yeah. You need something to keep your brain busy until you literally drop. Yeah, that's why you watch TV or you listen to something until you read yeah. something. Unless you're oh, so yeah. exhausted that like you, you just fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. Just, again, yeah. pass out. But so you're, you're passing out literally because you're just so exhausted. Yeah, yeah. because if not, yeah. like I will be up for three hours. Yeah, my mind spinning and spiraling and telling me everyone mm-hmm. hates like just these things that oh, just again sure. mm-hmm. like that impending doom of depression but the anxiety yeah. version or maybe the depression will come too sometimes yeah, yeah. who knows yeah, yeah. It's, it's the brain can be so your brain is moving so fast and that's so what's fast. so frustrating about not mm-hmm. knowing when like your diagnosis because mm-hmm. your brain can have all these ideas you have all these things you genuinely want to do mm-hmm. but you're like in molasses and you just can't No, and it's so frustrating and haters say it's procrastination and laziness. And Mm -hmm. that's another big reason. It's Mm -hmm. so hard to discuss ADHD publicly, especially if you go on TikTok. There's like so many people who are just haters. Oh, everybody's and then got people that be like, everybody has a little ADHD. It's just like, I'm just going to rip your head. <laughs> Every single person <laughs> in the world is going yeah. to relate to on some kind thing. of trait of any disability yeah. or or mental health issue mm-hmm. it's on the same spectrum as autism yeah mm-hmm. i definitely relate to a lot of traits yeah. in autism but i'm not i don't have autism yeah. or diagnosed yeah. autism who knows yeah. but like you mm-hmm. you you're gonna relate to traits and people are gonna mm-hmm. think oh yeah i feel that too and it's like yes you're gonna relate to traits mm-hmm. but just because you relate to traits has this yeah. all these different things that all combine into one that you can look back at your life and be like this is why i didn't feel like everybody else I couldn't do everything like everybody else can yeah you know that full encompassing all these different things and I think that's the difference there yeah totally you know it, I think yeah. this is it together yeah I think I think the thing with the general public too is that especially if you live in a city and I think this is maybe even exclusively to living in a big city is that I think you can develop ADHD like symptoms because of dopamine hyperstimulation. Mm-hmm. then your your brain reaches a, a level of homeostasis of expecting this much stimulation. And if you don't have it, you can now have like a dopamine deficiency that you're like doing ADHD like things. But the difference is, is that if you do a dopamine detox, if as a normal person, you can reset that. Mm-hmm. If you, you're, if you're you do, do dopamine detox you're as a person with actual ADHD, you'll probably jump off a bridge, you know? So it's, you know, it's yeah. like, the, you, like it, it, again, to degrees, it's all to degrees, mm. you know? And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just like, again, people, especially in the city, especially in the city where we're always so stimulated, if you have a mm-hmm. phone and a computer and TVs everywhere. Things are ringing. You have a job. You're an yeah. entrepreneur. You you're have to go at 100 miles done. an hour to accomplish 600 things in order just to yeah. pay rent. Like, of yeah. course, you can like be in a stimulation, like you know, overload where you have a new level that's your normal, that's higher mm-hmm. than say your body was normally supposed to be able to cope with. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and I think that also affects people with ADHD too. But it's like you know, 
it just it's you can't fix it the same way no. you know and and uh yeah it's just it's just again it, it's all two degrees like you know like i know for sure i have fairly severe adhd i look at my nephew and i'm like i have nothing compared to him like he <laughs> is like wow mm-hmm. you know like yeah like, to the point where like yeah you know like if you put a gun to his head, he couldn't give you eye, eye contact because he's like, you know, that's another thing with ADHD is when you're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. One of the things is that you do, especially if you're thinking of an idea, I'm literally doing it right now. If you're thinking of an idea, yeah, your eyes yeah. start to go like this because you're stimming on all these different things because if you don't, because oh, if you don't, then you can't focus on the idea you're trying to spit out. I'm, I get so, so focused like, at like with a neurotypical sometimes I'm like, how much eye contact is normal yeah. and then I'm so <laughs> focused on well, like you're thinking yeah. about that how much eye contact is normal I'm gonna do uh, a nod yeah. um and now and and like yeah. and then it's my turn to speak and I'm like I'm sorry can you repeat yeah. all of that yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> they're, they're like you don't even yeah. care and you're like no I was so focused on trying to look like I I'm was focused. focusing <laughs> yeah um and like eye contact with people I don't really know I'm definitely uncomfortable like both of you I know like I, I feel like I look in your eyes way more than other people other people like oh my, like what what's going on mm-hmm. it's weird yeah it's, it's weird it's, it's a comfortability I think also with the looking around kind of thing the way I've uh, told it to myself even like why I do that is because one time somebody told me about brain boxes and your brain holds information in certain boxes and areas of your brain and mm-hmm. if you look to a certain point that's where the information is stored and that's in also with yeah. EDMR therapy correct me if I'm wrong in the comments but something like that you can look at certain areas and because where your eye tracks to that is a connection point in your brain and that's huh. where the information is stored it's mm. funny that's my little theory that's not just a thing people, like, because people, people use do. that for therapy mm. um and they say okay look around the room now and then whatever comes up to you whatever comes <laughs> okay we're all doing therapy. Yeah, I'm like therapy time okay. all right here we go over a therapist uh I'm like, am I looking around? I'm trying to try and how do I look around the room like a normal person? I don't know. (laughs) No, but your eyes track back and forth. And then when something comes to you, you know, usually you're dealing with trauma or therapy or something in therapy. And then you display and you you go through that uh, experience and you live that experience because your eyes have tracked and that's a connection point in your brain where that information is stored, Mm -hmm. where that pinpoint is, where your eyeballs go Mm -hmm. to. That's why I think we look around the room when we're trying to recall pieces of information. Personally. Yeah, that's how I've explained it. But I guess now today, Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, as a DJ, you're going out, you've got bookings, you've got things to manage, you've got your puppy at home, you've Mm -hmm. got your full life, you've got your job and everything like that. How have you found different ways to manage the ADHD with medication is what you're on right now. Mm-hmm. And then like doing all the, completing all those little tasks. Like, do you have little things that help you? Yeah. So definitely like I have like three calendars. It mm-hmm. sounds wild, but mm-hmm. I have my Google calendar mm-hmm. from my phone. I have a giant whiteboard in my kitchen. It's the first thing I see of everything with a little to-do list next to it. Mm -hmm. Then I also have like kind of like a planner that's pretty detailed. And um, I use all three of these Mm because I definitely find writing things down, color coding things Mm -hmm. really helps me. Mm -hmm. And for me, that really helps with like scheduling and planning especially when managing mm-hmm. a wild schedule or right now my dog's wild pill schedule like that really really helps there's definitely times 
the ADHD and the mental health will win and I can't do the things that I'm about to say. So this does not always work. But when I get that little bit of light to try and do the first steps, something else I'll do is I make maybe if I'm so overwhelmed, I'll try and make one massive list of absolutely everything, even if it's shower go to girl like every yeah. single thing mm-hmm. text this person back reply listen to your voicemail like yeah the cre- like that kind of stuff and then I'll look and I'll be like okay what absolutely is 911 has to be done now what mm-hmm. can kind of be put away later and that can help me sometimes break things down and kind of create my schedule mm-hmm. um that's definitely something I try to do I had another idea but I left Mm-hmm. my brain already yeah. that's okay Trains. um but yeah I Train think it's goes. I think another thing that helps when you start to leave a depressive slump if you haven't left bed for days but all of a sudden you're like I want to when you start to, you have to want to try with mental mental health there's no mm-hmm. way to force it but mm-hmm. some I literally in my written planner have a little box at the bottom and it's just it's little you can check each day of the week and these things are literally make my bed, mm-hmm. shower, mm-hmm. went outside, yeah. did some stretching, yeah. ate a meal, mm-hmm. took my vitamins, worked on production. Like these things that are so simple that mm-hmm. maybe a lot of people can just do normally. Mm-hmm. But for me, because when I've had a bad day and I've done nothing, I'm like, do you know what I did do? I made my bed and I had a shower and that's all I did, but that's okay. Yeah. Those are accomplishments. Do, do you, you find know? like with those little things, when you check them off your list proverbially or even literally, does that build momentum onto the next thing sometimes? It can, yeah. or it can, if I backtrack and just think of all the things I actually did that day mm-hmm. instead of beating myself up at the end of the night because I mm-hmm. didn't produce an entire song in one day or get a top line vocal done <laughs> or reply to all the emails. Yeah. I'm like, do you know what I do? I like raked my leaves. I gave my dog a bath. I yeah. did some laundry. I actually like ordered some groceries. You know, mm-hmm. little, little wins like that can sometimes show you like actually you did do I'm doing okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that you didn't do everything. There's yeah. definitely times it can help the momentum and there's days that feel borderline manic and I'm like how did I paint the whole house and do all this in one day some days and rebrand and do my website like totally yeah that's the hyper focus like like two two or three days you feel like a superstar and then the next two days you're just like burn head into a hole and then the next day you're like Mm -hmm. oh I guess I'm normal again but not superstar it just goes like this sometimes yeah it's these weird waves that you ride when yeah and it sometimes comes up too, like you're saying, and what are those things do you kind of, on those days that things do come up and you do feel a little bit less motivated or depressed mm-hmm. or you're bogged down by that sort of thing, do you kind of have to take things off your plate? Do you reorganize things? Do you just be gentle on yourself? Yeah, I'll, I'll try and pick the most important things that mm-hmm. need to be done. If that's prepping for a show, I'll just focus on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll set a timer and be like, you have 30 minutes to reply to this email. You absolutely have to, Yeah. you know, this is important. This is business. So like trying to do that and just being okay with having a smaller amount or being okay that there's going to be some days or weeks Mm -hmm. or periods of time that you're not going to be able to do it. Because if you are not mentally well and you are struggling or you are burnt out, you're not going to be bringing your best self to the workload. You're going to just continue 
picking away at yourself. So Mm -hmm. being kind to yourself and allowing that self-care, especially as a neurodivergent person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so key. It's so important. Lean lean into your strengths sometimes, you know, like it's like, you know, even, even if you're neurodivergent, 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 (laughs) you know, that usually comes with many positives as well that sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, you forget that there are things that you sometimes have advantages over neurodivergent people that they wouldn't have and maybe it doesn't apply to everyday life but sometimes you can be like well this makes me special and I do have value to offer to the world Mm -hmm. and sometimes that'll be like you know the gratitude of like you know I don't I didn't get a choice to be like this Mm -hmm. but it did give me some certain gifts that you know I'm thankful for and try to lean into those as far as like building yourself up positively and trying to get up depressive funks Mm -hmm. and like you know, like, and then you're like, oh, I guess, you know, I, I guess I do have like some value, mm-hmm. you know, and then like, I can be happy about being myself. And it's like, you know what, I'm going to, yeah. it's a mental shift. Now, now I'm like, you know? there's a better space to be like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym, I guess I should, mm-hmm. if I'm so cool, maybe I should try <laughs> to live longer by being healthy, whatever. I got to contribute just, my music yeah. to the world. So yeah. I have to take care of myself. Yeah, and sometimes it's just know? like, you know, you, you just got to find different ways to I guess not cope but like different ways to like just I think look at things differently too yeah, you stop be- beating yourself up for trying to be normal trying to mask trying to do all those things and okay well I fully embrace that I have ADHD I'm going to go with my burnout I'm going to go with my wins I'm going to go and count all the things that I've done for the day and feel proud and accomplished and then the yeah. next day I can try again and bringing that huge magnetism of all the things that you want to do into kind of more of the present moment I feel like for me personally has given me a lot of peace mm-hmm. yeah. You know? yeah I sometimes like I mean like for me and this is just for me I do not recommend this to anybody okay? <laughs> this is not doctor's but, advice <laughs> yeah. but for me sometimes like if I'm having a bad day or two mm-hmm the amount of like self-loathing and shame and self-hatred kind of fuels me to like get the fuck up and like do something with my life you know like just like channeling in that that hatred and shame and Mm. self-pity and all that stuff and just be like my such a loser why don't you do something with your life and then yeah. you do something <laughs> yeah you know it's just like sometimes yeah. it gets to that point i and mean just like, sometimes energy is energy yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> energy is energy just like, and it's good that you're fueling it into good something like things, i mean it can know? go in, it can go in another direction for sure like you but know, making the choice to go yeah, up and do yeah, laundry it's, you know, it's like, yeah again yeah. you have to remember again like you have to remember like okay well i do have self-worth and i do have value mm-hmm. i am being a piece of shit time to stop being a piece of shit (laughs) yeah all right we reach you out to one too but yeah and I think also just being honest with yourself and what you can handle like if I have appointments or Mm -hmm. something I'm like I know I'm like nope that's all I can do that day Mm -hmm. someone asked me to hang out tomorrow no I was social today I can't be social tomorrow I have to be social on Friday like it's like I have to know that mentally and be honest with myself and you know, That's huge. if people That's hard, yeah, if people That's are so like, hard. "Oh, stop by here before they're," I'm like, I can't. I don't have the time management yeah. skills to do that, and yeah. I know that. Yeah. yeah. So instead yeah, of like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. have like one thing on your day. It's like I'm busy that whole day. I'm busy that whole <laughs> day. Yeah. Because yeah. also you're anticipating that one thing. Anyways. Yeah. That's totally just me. True. I'm like, like yeah. I'm waiting. I'm yeah. just waiting for the podcast all day, and then okay, yeah. six thirty. All right, let's uh, go. We're yeah. doing things. You did have that whole day, but really, 
I was busy really? all day. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess going into the creativity and the vocals and actually making music and doing what you love mm-hmm. and getting that stuff done and accomplishing, you've got a lot of vocals on tracks right now. Do you have stuff that you're working on? Excited projects? Yeah. So I definitely did a lot of vocals and collabs with people, which mm-hmm. has been amazing. I kind of took a break from doing as many collabs as I was doing um, and really started to just put energy and focus into my own sound Mm -hmm. and music. Mm -hmm. I had definitely, there's definitely people like in the industry, they don't always really want to like help you or teach you. And a lot of the music I'd make in the past, I'd write it, it'd almost be done. And then somebody I'd work with would take it, make it awesome. But I wouldn't understand how it went from this Mm -hmm. demo I'd written with Mm. all these sounds to sounding complete. And then it becomes Mm -hmm. a collab or, you Mm -hmm. know, and then all of a sudden I'm just featured and I haven't fully, Mm. I was gatekept a lot of those final But you didn't get a producer credit on it. No, exactly. Even if the royalties, it's just that's not the perception, mm-hmm. which was frustrating. So you have to be, mm-hmm. it's hard. Obviously mm-hmm. a lot of, I don't work with a lot of those people anymore. And I'm still very careful, like on mm-hmm. who I show my music to, because mm-hmm. there's times I'll show my music to someone and someone's like, no, if you just pay me a hundred bucks, I'll make this awesome. And I'm like, no, I don't want to pay you a hundred bucks no. to make it awesome. I want to yeah. make it awesome. You yeah. can sit next to me, give, you know, but I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. So I've been really, I think also just to kind of, find my own like sound again and I really feel like a lot of the stuff I'm making is going back to kind of the root yeah. of what I was listening to on that Greyhound but yeah. more today Sad, Adventure Club Big Bass 2016 yeah, like yeah. just very vocal driven and a story yeah. and mm-hmm. and I've really been learning a lot and really just nurturing the tracks that I've been working on so and I'm also not in a rush and like to, I want them to be ready yeah. and I want these. Yeah. Yeah. So. You want to see your babies grow and, you know, flourish mm-hmm. and then finish and then have a completed thing to give out to the world and exactly. have that presenting. And just yeah. being very selective on who am I going to reach out for feedback mm-hmm. to? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like yeah. sometimes people will just take your projects and run and, mm-hmm. I, yeah. and I hate that. Or give you advice. We were just talking about this in the last podcast of giving you advice that really applies to them. And it's great for their career and their song and their sound, but it doesn't necessarily apply to you and what might work best for you and your brand and your sound and where you want to go too. So mm-hmm. even taking advice and kind of like little bits and pieces I think is good. Mm-hmm. you know and taking what you need and leaving the rest behind definitely you know? yeah and I think I've been very lucky to have made really really good connections and friendships over the years with people who I am the one in the producer seat if they're mm-hmm. giving me feedback and advice now they're mm-hmm. like no yeah. you do it they're pushing me to do it instead right. of pushing yeah. me aside and just and I'm like what okay cool <laughs> five buttons later yeah. and all of a sudden it's, it's, it's longer but you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah. so really pushing myself that way mm-hmm. yeah. pushing yourself forward and your book being booked all over Van City yeah. that's exciting you do the corporate side as well as the DJ underground yeah. side that's a really interesting <laughs> dynamic and I don't see yeah. a lot of people doing that oh my goodness How- I mean it's <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, the track list is obviously number one, but what kind of things do you go into each gig with the mentality of? 
for corporate or for yeah the difference between corporate and then underground I so corporate and weddings it's very client dependent Mm -hmm. though there's people who are gonna email or talk to me and maybe they have a very particular taste and Mm -hmm. I'm you know I'm able to do that it's a challenge I'm like cool challenge like we have we can do this 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 but not this 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 or you're into some kind of alternative mountain folk I've never heard of cool get to hyper focus make a dinner playlist Mm -hmm. on that so it can be really fun there's clients who you know they really want to work with me and they're like hey we don't really know that much we don't really like anything we heard some remixes we like that style we just want everyone to have fun Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. also there's kind of this new era of ravers getting married and they want drum and bass yeah. What? I had, <laughs> I come so up to cool. you, I'm ready for drum and bass now. I probably yeah. had like three weddings pre-request some drum and bass this mm-hmm. past year, which is really new. Wow. Houses come in, you know, throwing some cool sandstorm remixes, yeah. beachy, like that's Fisher, been kind of, sing it. let's go. <laughs> yeah, fun remixes have has always been fun and definitely yeah. something I think a lot of particularly wedding clients will reach out to me for because they mm-hmm. know that. I trained in opera. Mm-hmm. I love R and B. I go to like Kalani concerts. I go to Alicia yeah. Keys concerts. But then I also love bass and I love loungy mm-hmm. house. I love like I love so many different styles mm-hmm. that I genuinely do love curating, mm-hmm. and I love themes. Yeah, like if people are like, oh, we're doing a Gemini theme or we're doing like an ocean theme. Like I, I get into it. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is gonna be fun. So yeah. it keeps it interesting for me, and I think. Not a lot of people can do that, I don't think. But yeah. I think because probably because of my ADHD brain, I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. I love all of this. Yeah, yeah. you cool. can collect and curate and hyper all trades, but in a good way. Kind yeah, of. it's that fun. really is putting yeah. your your talents to use. Because a lot of people will get annoyed. A lot of DJs will get annoyed at this DJ request. Oh, can you play my song right now? You know, yeah. I need this particular thing. But even you curating that kind of playlist and having an overall vibe, you know, and you're giving that to them. Totally yeah. and. Cool. Yeah, there's always going to be somebody annoying requesting stuff sometimes, but like even at underground shows. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you're like, do you know where you like yeah. are? Yeah, yeah, like that's just how it is, unfortunately. And I do sometimes feel like when you are a little bit more femme or female presenting, sometimes people can be a lot more pushier mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be like challenging as yeah. well. But yeah. I think, you know, I try to discuss at first, especially corporate and private events in advance. I'm like, okay, so if like, People are like, do you want me to take requests? Would you Mm -hmm. rather that it's just me with the songs that you, you know, the few songs you gave me and these, and these styles and we just let people enjoy, or I have them write it down on a clipboard. Why? Mm -hmm. I'm can't handle people yelling in my ear. There's too many sounds. I'm trying to focus. If people distract my focus, it's too much. So I have people write it down. It's just Mm -hmm. my, we're again, an ADHD kind of coping mechanism that I use. People can write it down. I can cross it off. And I tell usually, well, my preferred way is like, if I see songs that are fitting the vibe, like, you know, if I'm playing a Shanti and someone put Biggie, I'm like, okay, cool. That works. But if somebody is requesting ACDC and we're playing Deep House, I might be like, "Mm, we'll wait on that one. (laughs) Maybe not right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Get there sometime in the next three weeks. We'll get to it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so that's just how I handle it. And I think, um, yeah, because I have that diversity, it it keeps it interesting. It yeah. keeps it fun. I think the thing mm-hmm. too is that when you're playing a show where you're like at a club or like they're your featured artist, you're playing your brand, your sound, right? And when you're hired there, you're hired there for that. Whereas you can there that can be the case at an event or a wedding, but when you go there, 
you're getting hired for a service, right? And how well you could complete that service. And the people there will be like, she did a great job at this service. And now I'll hire her for my version of that, like as a wedding or corporate gig or, you know, some sort of special event or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you approach it as a different thing, you can still have your sound and your flavor and your brand at the events, but there's Mm -hmm. more, you're kind of fitting into that puzzle piece. Whereas instead of at a club or a venue, they know who your, your picture is already done Mm -hmm. and they want that. Yeah. Like, give me this picture. Yeah. I want that here. Yeah. Whereas at the events, they can see that picture and they're like, we want to fit this picture into our event. Yeah. And somehow that has to reshape and mold to be both things or more this thing than that thing. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly why, like, I keep the brands separate. Separate, yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's actually crazy. Two years ago, I had a bride who sent me a message on Instagram. She's like, can you please play some of your original electronic music at my wedding? And mm-hmm. I did. And I like, and I did at the end and it was so fun so to kind cool. of bring that element in. Yeah. Um, for, but again, specific people. It's not, I'm not doing yeah. that yeah. at just every booking, but yeah, it you're is, assuming that you're no. going to show up and play some. Like, yeah. It's that. funny. It's yeah. like, it feels like, like Hannah Montana, like this crossover <laughs> of two. I'm like, who am I? What yeah. Like, yeah. Lily yeah. versus me. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really fun yeah. uh, either way. And yeah. it keeps, my life very interesting and unpredictable. Some periods are crazy. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go. And then I'm, you're not going to hear from me for a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. And then well, I'm you could go from a corporate gig and then, you know, bringing your sound into the underground or to the club scene or, you know, that sort of thing. How do you approach the club gigs then? And the, uh-huh. the brand, the people that want you and your sound and your vocals yeah. and you singing over top of them. Yeah. I think it really depends if I'm going to be, if it's local, like that's going to be a little bit of a different set versus if you're direct support for a specific mm-hmm. artist. So mm-hmm. usually I'll try to tailor like that sound a little bit. It really depends gig to gig. Venue if there's even, yeah. a house show that I'm booked for, then yes, I'm going to go through my house songs, be like, which ones am I going to play? Is it appropriate for me to sing live before this artist? Mm-hmm. Or is it not? If it's right. just me headlining somewhere in event, great, cool. Mm-hmm. Or even or, a festival, right? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. if it's like, hmm, maybe if I am direct before some, maybe I wouldn't. Who knows? But again, it's yeah. hard to, to know. Every situation's so different. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't have a blanket rule. No. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if, like it's drum amazing. I mean, okay, where are the halftime tracks I've been making? Like, mm-hmm. so it, it's really going to be trying to fit in what I have mixed with other things versus and that show and the time and the lineup. And I'm always prepping multi vibes. You know, I have what I think I'm going to play, but I'm like, what if the person before me is excision? Yeah. What if the person <laughs> is like adventure club? L- yeah. yeah adventure house. club or like, you know, like minimal tech house. Exactly. Like you something very know. melodic and, you know, yeah. like <laughs> just Casablanca. That's going to be a very different, you just don't yeah. know where you're going to be yeah. and you don't know yeah. if the crowd is going to just want to be vibing and continue or if they're just going to want to rage. Like, yeah. so just being prepped with a bunch of vibes in mind, yeah. but definitely when I do have like originals and stuff that I want to play, I kind of have a little plan mm-hmm. because it's a lot to like mix it, get the mic ready, go interact with people and then run back. Like, so, you know, I'll have a few, mm-hmm. like yeah. the things that I know are going to blend into that. And then I can mm-hmm. run back and just know that, something's ready to go mm-hmm. yes exactly you've mm-hmm. got everything set up so that you can go yeah. do your live vocals that's cool. definitely I feel like mm-hmm. um 
either one can bring a lot of anxiety. I think for prepping generally for clubs, I kind of know a little bit more what the vibe's going to be. Like if mm-hmm. I'm opening for a specific artist, I know what their sound is. Mm-hmm. I think with corporate, like there is anxiety, but it's different. And mm-hmm. I think it's because I'm walking into a room with a hundred, 200 people who don't know me, mm-hmm. yeah. but they're all like, they all know I'm there. I'm running the sound. And mm-hmm. that's a lot. That's a whole other thing. You don't know if yeah, this is a, a friendly crowd, yeah. if these are a dancey crowd, if this crowd hates each other, they mm-hmm. love each other. Like this yeah. is a 200 strangers. Maybe you've only met the organizer or like the riding Wedding groom or, or whatever. So you have to get in, read the crowd very quickly and then kind of go off there and bounce, yeah. bounce between a couple things. And most crowds are awesome. Mm-hmm. Sadly, there just takes one person to, to not, but like you never know. And that can yeah. bring anxiety. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people don't understand that is yeah. like. That is nerve-wracking to walk into. It's a lot, especially when you do have ADHD and you're like, I'm trying to read and mask every single person's energy so that I can curate this day perfectly so that it will last from ceremony all the way to the end. And if I make one (laughs) mistake, I'm going to kill myself. It's just like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you you beat yourself up for it later. I do that so often. Even Mm. if my set's going pretty good, I'm like, oh, those five seconds. I'll Mm. remember that for the rest of my life. Thank you. (laughs) Totally. And I think... Yeah, with clubs, it's still a lot of pressure, too, in a different way. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, a lot of the people out, they know music. They know mm-hmm. transitions. Totally. They know if exactly. I thought that. It's, yeah. it's a different pressure, for sure. So it's yeah. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's like with a club set, you're like, the pressure is to be perfect for that hour or two. Whereas the at the uh, at the uh, event, it's I need to manage this event in a fluid situation for the next five hours. Who knows, right? Like mm-hmm. weddings could be a long time. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, oh, do I also have to like talk on the mic to be like, hey, we're doing this and come back in half an hour, blah, blah, blah. Like, is that part of your job too? Like all these other things. Yeah. Just, Occasionally. Yeah. But yeah. even yeah. that, like sometimes it's funny, like, yeah. you know, being so easy, like I'll like yeah. switch up words or yeah. and I'll just have to go with it and be like, yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, you heard me. I'm yeah. still a human at the end of the day. Not nice thing, a the nice thing about that too is that you know, especially if you're just working locally, if you're a club DJ, it's hard to make money mm. here. You know, like we were just talking about this the other day. It's like, even if you're the busiest club DJ in the city and you're working, well, let's say you're working two club nights a week, mm. which is insane. Think about and that. Think about borderline impossible. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, even hypothetically, you're yeah. playing two club nights a weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe if you're crazy, you're doing an after hours as well. That's probably 500 bucks. Yeah. You know, Doesn't pay the bills. if you're not doing anything else that week, you're broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you don't have a nine to five or some other income stream. You're broke. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like if you've got, if you're doing what you're doing, you can work Monday to Friday as well. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I can do an event here or this, mm-hmm. that, whatever you can, or like one gig will pay, you know, thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars or twenty five hundred dollars of this whole day thing like mm-hmm. some, something like that yeah and that's like actual real money you know yeah and it's, even though it's way more work per hour I, amount of hours you're doing as compared to one hour mm-hmm. yeah but it's like that's a real living you don't have to have an office job or a serving job I or whatever think at the same time people don't always realize too it's like yeah okay so mm-hmm. i'm doing one big event a week mm-hmm. maybe average yeah. you know um but the other side of that, yeah. what is my Monday into Thursdays? Yeah. I'm handling my own finances, my own invoices, two totally. different brands, two different websites, two or three different emails if you include my personal. Yeah. And then also mm-hmm. music for each account, 
um, consults with clients, writing yeah. contracts, talking to wedding planners, marketing, and then the whole marketing, the yeah. TikTok, the Instagram, the Facebook. Yeah. So, and then job. you need to also prep what you're doing that weekend. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a very much like feels full time. And yeah, I think absolutely. people think, Oh, you, you're so lucky. You have all these, this free time. I'm like, I have flexibility yeah. mm-hmm. to like, I don't have to arrange do arrange my schedule, yeah. but the list is never going to be done. Exactly. No, yeah. you're an, essentially yeah. an entrepreneur. You're building your own business. Yeah. And the business and the commodity is you and it's your me. sound, yeah. which is a lot of pressure sometimes. You're like, yeah, totally. like, you're like, it's me. Yeah, I'm, I'm my own boss. I'm my own star. Yeah. I'm my own producer. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. I'm no. like, it's, they book you. It's so different than another job where you can just yeah. be like, oh, I'm just going to call in six. Like, no, yeah. I've got to do there's it. somebody there to back you up. Yeah. yeah. There's no, there's no next level person that's relying on you. It's just you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which especially since being on like the ADHD journey is I am not trying to take on every single booking I'm offered corporate yeah. or club or anything. Yeah. I'm really trying to do quality over quantity because mm-hmm. that, that fits you yeah better mm-hmm. because if i am working to the point that i was especially pre-covid mm-hmm. i'm going to be burnt out i'm going to be tired that means mm-hmm. i'm not going to be creating that means yeah. i'm not going to have energy to update my website yeah. or mm-hmm. post pictures or text you know clients yeah. back or reply to make meetings like i'm going to be so burnt out and that's just going to be a domino effect totally. yeah. and just because you're busy now doesn't mean like because you didn't handle all those details that it could be now like you didn't set yourself up for the next four months mm-hmm. and now you're you're not only burnt out you're kind of screwed mm-hmm. yeah it's, all these things need to be balanced and managed it's it's, it's, it's a hard. full-time job and even yeah. though it's not set nine to five it doesn't mean you're not working eight hours a day mm-hmm. it's yeah. just maybe it's, it's three hours here and four hours there and one <laughs> hour here and two hours there it's like oh my gosh with breaks yeah. in between or like things in between whatever right it's yeah. like maybe today it was 10 to five the next day it's 2 p.m to midnight like who knows yeah Mm -hmm. just accepting like my brain Mm -hmm. capacity to do my best work is Mm -hmm. i'm gonna burn out sooner than other people Mm -hmm. and i have to that's why i take less bookings Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna be more picky yeah and and yeah so it's it's just how it is Mm -hmm. i mean that's kind of on the flip side as bad as that is you know the flip side is is that you do enjoy the gigs that you have you do have time for music and that you do have you know and you really enjoy those things a little bit more totally it gives me a lot less anxiety Mm -hmm. going Mm -hmm. into bookings and i'm like i've talked to them or i know this show i've studied there you know when i've had the time to really like feel confident mm-hmm. it i i'm mm-hmm. i feel better mm-hmm. yeah i think the work is better i think i do a better job sky's the limit and then mm-hmm. that's hopefully just going to attract other bookings or clients that the right bookings are the right vibe for me yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 they're all gonna love you <laughs> so i guess in the next like couple of years that's kind of your direction just keep on going in that producing corporate DJing for now yeah yeah uh, yeah, definitely is that kind of your direction I think so I I, Mm -hmm. I've been actually doing like the corporate and the wedding just as long as the clubbing maybe Mm -hmm. like six Mm -hmm. months more Mm -hmm. honestly so it's honestly been like seven years Mm -hmm. of both um and I think a big reason to just really do quality over quantity so I really have that time to really invest in myself and my own sound and my music which has always been number one from the beginning it was always the music it Mm -hmm. was not I'm so happy that my job is still music and I'm able to 
just listen to Aretha Franklin and like mm -hmm. that's still teaching me stuff about song structure, melodies, riffs, sounds like mm -hmm. it's always teaching New me. New inspirations too. Yeah. Always teaching me Definitely. or some, there's so many times like a, like a client does love electronic or something and I hear a song and I'm like, oh my gosh, like yeah, the selenium's making me cry. Like I didn't think I liked mm -hmm. this, but I'm like, oh, all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh. Like oh, so you, have that you learn moment. things. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's really going to be working on myself, my brand, my sound, my mental health, and just like continuing on this journey. Mm -hmm. I know I have a lifetime of unhealed trauma that also needs to be worked on eventually, but it's kind of like, okay, one yeah. thing at a time, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. You've yeah. got your feet on the ground. Yeah. You know where you want to go. I We've think got the reins yeah. in both it hands. It just helps so much when you have the diagnosis and you just, you can identify things now and it allows you to catch things faster, mm -hmm. you know, instead of being like, Oh, I don't know what to do now. You kind of know, okay, well, this is this. If I do this, I can do this. Mm -hmm. It just, and it just makes getting out of the ruts quicker. I think I find when mm -hmm. I, when I, once I start to figure it out. So what, where would you say you visualize yourself two years from now? It's so hard. I feel like a lot of my career, it's just kind of happened. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And I'm along for the ride. Yeah. I think definitely in the next two years, I want to have my original music out and ready to share. Mm -hmm. That's really my sound and my story. I think for years, I think my whole life, like music 100% has been my therapy, whether it's yeah. crying in bed to like the yeah. fray as a child, like yeah. whatever, mm -hmm. like I 100% do not think I would have made it this far with undiagnosed learning disabilities and mental health disorders mm -hmm. like without music I would 100% probably be dead mm -hmm. without it so it's always been my therapy it's always been my passion and that's always going to be number one for me mm -hmm. and really writing those lyrics for my own sounds is going to be very important it doesn't mean I'm not going to do collabs again one day it just mm -hmm. means right now like that is who I'm trying to grow because yeah. now I have tools and I'm not going to be consistently battling my brain the same way every mm -hmm. single day. There's still days I do. I still do. Mm -hmm. But like, sure. yeah, but it's, it's not as intense and mm -hmm. I, I'm starting to yeah, learn the, the skills to, yeah. to hopefully totally. not be my own worst enemy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. And that's grow. what's very hard when it's your own brain yeah. blocking you, but also your brain yeah. wanting to do all these things. You're like, what is Leia? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That resistance. But now it's kind of dissipating a little bit and you have hope for the future, yeah. you know, stuff to look forward to. Yeah. I that's just want to continue to share my story and mm -hmm. meet other people and hopefully just. I just want to spread good energy. I want my shows to have good energy. I want them mm -hmm. to be very accepting. And I'm a big advocate in all of that. So yeah. that is a big thing. I'll tell you a story. When <laughs> I first saw you perform, I was like, this girl, her energy just exploded the entire room. It was Kumo. Okay. And that was my very first gig ever, like professional Hollywood. gig. Yeah. And at the Hollywood. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited to see her. I've never seen her. The girl with the donuts. <laughs> I'm so happy. And so it's just seeing you on stage, just interact with those audiences and like have that connection and bringing those sounds, you know, I think sky's the limit for you. And oh, thank you. you know, we're excited to see where you go. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> many, yeah many. It's, it's been a, I think it's an honor to be able to provide a platform that you can share 
this particular journey and mm-hmm. and these difficult topics about you know your yeah. mental so uh, thank conditions you. illnesses and things Very like that yeah. you know it's 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 you know as most people that have watched us know that almost everybody we've interviewed we have long-standing relationships with so mm-hmm. the conversations have been quite easy and free-flowing and comfortable so easy, easy, beautiful. yeah you know but we've also you know like i mean we yeah. both met koji for the basically the first time yeah and that conversation was just as easy and mm-hmm. free-flowing too so it's and been like really having fun. a platform too where you're like able to come on here yeah. you know and give give you guys more content on you know stuff that isn't life. even related yeah. to music but which it, i think it, is it, such it is, an honor for yeah, you to it's, it's, it's be able life, to come here and do this you know it's it without the knowledge that you know, you've given to the people that might be watching this now or in the future, mm-hmm. they might not know that these are things that they also go through, you know, like as people, like the whole point of a lot of these uh, conversations is providing uh, information for people that are going through a similar journey that we're all going through, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. just mm-hmm. being able to, to identify so and, you know, just kind of like, you know, relate to what's going on instead of it just being some pie in the sky thing that you know these people are doing it because they're unique and special and and Mm -hmm. i'm not whereas like we're all humans we all have the same conditions the same obstacles the same dreams the same inspirations it's all very accessible if you just if that's what you really want to do like what one human can do another human can do within mm -hmm. reason with sacrifice and dedication yeah you could the the, the saying is is that anybody can do anything but you can't do everything you know what i mean like you can you gotta sometimes (laughs) if you want something more heavy you gotta just pick it and that is the only thing that matters in your life Mm. yes you can do it Mm -hmm. you know maybe not the best you won't be like say you want to be a hockey player but you're not athletic naturally and you don't have good hand-eye coordination. But if you literally worked on it all day, every day, maybe yeah. you're not a hockey player, but you could be a hockey coach, hockey trainer. Yeah. Or you could play in an amateur league and still make a living. Mm-hmm. No, you're not the top all-star in the world. I mean, this just applies. I'm using a, a sports analogy, but it's it's just yeah. it's with anything. If you sacrifice and dedicate, you know, mm-hmm. and and try to educate and do your do the actual yeah. best that you possibly could stay committed do. to it yeah yeah which is yeah. definitely i think people who anyone. like have probably followed me very closely over the mm-hmm. past couple of years they probably know like i make these weird depressed tweets mm-hmm. and oh my gosh now people know i have twitter it's like a whole yeah. <laughs> dark dark yeah. web of my secrets there um but yeah but like even facebook just being like hey i hope everyone's okay or if you're sad yeah. and i'm usually posting those when i'm sad and yeah. i think kind of even how your perception was when you first saw me yeah when i'm on stage i lose all of that everything mm-hmm. i'm feeling it goes into this performance i need the audience as much as they need me they've saved mm-hmm. me too and those mm-hmm. connections mean so much and there are you know, like people that I've only really known through shows or social media. We'll talk about mental health and make sure we're okay. But mm-hmm. I think on a bigger scale, like, yeah, like I have this performance and it's very go, go, go and donuts, blah, blah, blah. But like yeah. the other side of that is very, there's dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There isn't a high without a low. Yes. Totally. So just as so bubbly true. and happy and blah, 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 and have it yeah. together, there's mm-hmm. there's a whole other side. And that's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's yeah, real yeah. life. It's yeah. real life. It's everybody. You're human. Yeah. yeah. You know? And yeah. I just don't, I don't want to like, I, yeah, I just don't want people to think that it's just 
my god, yeah, just magically everything just came together. No. Sunshine and rainbows. No, 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 no. Sometimes I'm like, you have to do your makeup and stop crying and mm-hmm. get to the show. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. and then once your makeup's on, you can't cry. Like, you just gotta go. Yeah. Like, Not allowed. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That determination, that focus, I think will bring you so, so, so far too, you know, no matter what. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for thank you, for you. taking on a lot of that. Thank you for being there. Oh, yeah. And the comfort yeah. pillow I've just yeah. been like holding the whole time. You have to yeah. have it. I need. I'm so like I need something things. the whole. Yeah, I'm trying to like grab my thigh, <laughs> so I'm not like going like this the whole time, or this the whole time, or this the whole time. I know. I'm like do people normally like. I swear, I struggle watching the replays of these because I'm just like so fidgety, and I can I notice all of it, and I'm watching. I'm just like, oh god. Maybe. Yeah, Hopefully. this is why we're all creative, and there's all light and dark and beautiful. I'm gonna have to get some like everything. shabari rope and tie myself down for the podcast. Okay, that's maybe a, it's tied down. We can start. That's a different that's website. A, that's a, yeah, that's a different website. That <laughs> um, you guys should all go follow. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have that website, but. Please follow Mingxi. Please follow Maze. Don't follow me, please. Well, please. Please follow her. She's got an amazing journey. We're excited to see her grow, have her back on the pod, and maybe a year's time, we'll see how things are. In the meantime, please subscribe. Yeah. Who knows? Well, maybe, sure. maybe less, but maybe have our next week. Who knows? Who knows? We <laughs> actually tuned. do know, but you never know. <laughs> Stay tuned is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Come to the lives every yeah. single Wednesday. We drop episodes on Tuesday. But until that time, thank you and be safe out there. We love you very much. Or stay dangerous. You never know. That's up to you. (laughs) (laughs) No professional advice was given in this show. Oh my God, yeah.